Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I didn't say I was sorry. It's episode 242 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host Stephen and with me as always is the utterly exhausted, the winner of the Podcast Personality of the Year Awards 2021, it's Martin Melly. How are you, Melly? Oh, thank you. A bit better knowing I've won an award, but it'd be nice <laughs> to receive it. That award may or may not exist, but you are the Podcast Personality <laughs> of the Year of our hearts, Melly. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, we're going to get torn straight into this, to be perfectly honest, because it's been an eventful one. Uh, many long-term listeners will be aware that when left to our own devices, when it's just the two of us, it can become a bit of a, the the term we often use is basket of cats. It is a basket yeah. of cats cast, and it's no different tonight, but there's an awful lot to chew down on tonight. To be honest, it has been an eventful week in Timdom once again. Don't know if it's going to be a particularly long one, to be perfectly honest, but it's certainly going to be... <laughs> Certainly a lot to talk about. When you get to Monday and we've had the Peter Lowell apology and a nil-nil draw, you, you may think, oh, I was trying to think, well, what we say tonight, it shouldn't be too bad. And then Celtic drop another absolute clang on you. Oh, here we go. They come Every up tops again. Then. They've saved saved the content once again. We, t- we sometimes, are you right? We we sit down on Monday, we think, well, I wonder, wonder what we've got to talk about here because the football's not been the most thrilling just now. Celtic to the rescue once again. When it gets to Monday as well, you've sort of calmed down after the lol thing. You've calmed down after the nil-nil with Livingston. You've calmed down after Rangers drop points. Then you get to Monday and you go, right, I'll try and maybe see it from Celtic's point of view. And then they you try to get out and they pull you back in. They pull you back in. What a team. It's so, it's so annoying, but because everybody knows that we all love Celtic. We come on here talking about Celtic. It's just our team, our club. But there is no defence of this club anymore. It's no, absolutely no. shambolic. If if Jim Trainer was putting out this PR for Celtic, you'd be like, <laughs> hold on a minute, something's happening here. It's all their own doing again. I, the time we defend Celtic was months ago, and I tried, I tried, and I just cannot do it anymore. We sat here last week and we made, or Jamie made the, the yeah, I used the phrase um, gallows humour because we had a good laugh about it last week, despite the fact we're in, we're pretty much in the mire here with this season and how it's gone. But we had a decent laugh about it because it's the only real option we've got left. There's nothing really to cling on to much this for this season, but we had we had a bit of a sense of humour about it. But t- to be honest, the, the worst things get what we also said last week is believe us that the worst is still to come. We, we haven't reached rock bottom yet. We are down at the bottom scratching away, trying to dig ourselves even deeper. Our fingernails have been torn off, we've got bloodied fingers, we're still trying to reach rock bottom, so there's probably more to come. But despite the fact we are, again, trying to have a laugh about it, um, I, I described you, Melly, as exhausted and you know, basically just projecting what I feel about it as well. I'm, I'm kind of done sugarcoating this, to be perfectly honest. And before we go too much further, we should really address what we're talking about. As we sit down to record this, Neil Lennon has recorded a explosive press conference today <laughs> addressing the, the stories of the, the last week and we'll get into all of that but it is a week that started with the inevitable and you know rightfully given apology from Peter Lowell now we can talk what we th- about what we thought of the apology but we sat here last week and said that at the very least they have to do is apologise and take some sort of responsibility for it I feel like they did the first part of that but not the second 
And no. that continued into this week as well. So Peter Lowell sat down with Jenny McCulloch in a heavily edited four minute or so video. <laughs> I mean, there, there were more cuts in it than like a Michael Bay film. It was just constant like changes of ankle and all that. So it was it was heavily edited and they just about managed to get their message across. Went on too long because they ruined it by the end, but the 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 sentiment was there. We are sorry we've tanked the season basically with this ridiculous decision what did you what did you actually think of it overall the the bit where he said sorry I was like right okay we're sorry but see the rest of it when he just tried to justify it and sit sitting mm. there at his heated desk with his, <laughs> his shut on I was like I don't want to hear any of this it's it's got to the point with lol and Lennon where for personally for myself there's no going back whatsoever there is no way either of them can do anything to still be at this club right now, never mind come the end of the season. And I know a lot of fans are like that as well. I'm not going to say everybody's like that, but the majority of fans are like that. Even if that statement had been spot on, if they had read out what I'd asked them to say, I'd have still been furious at it because it's just so costly. It's so costly and it was so unnecessary. It just felt to me like it was a school trip gone wrong and this was the... The head teacher sitting down all the classes in assembly and saying, look, we might have done wrong, but it's fine. We took you to Jurassic Park, but only two of you get eaten by dinosaurs. <laughs> so it wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> uh, it, it see, see, you mentioned Peter Lowell's outfit during this apology as well. How much was that a, a better dress up one of them move yeah. as well? I, I can't turn up here wearing a two grand heated suit onto this interview so I better go he probably sent somebody around to the, the parkhead Matalan to pick him up an outfit for it and he just shouted here how much are uh, poor people clothes these days about grand <laughs> I <laughs> they're like no Peter I'll get you a polo shirt for about 12 quid you're chong you're here take 500 quid anyway get me something <laughs> he's wee <laughs> gant shirt but his statement was absolutely ganting man <laughs> So after the apology and then when he tries to justify it and take absolutely no responsibility, what was your sort of favourite bit of it? Because I know what mine is. The uh, the chat about COVID being basically an exclusively oh, Celtic problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's mine as well. <laughs> Not, I'm obviously just exaggerating for hilarious comedic effect there, but he basically said that it's affected Celtic more than any other club. Now, it's false. We, I know, exactly. We existing... Inside the, the Celtic bubble, now I'm not referring to the COVID bubble that some of them appear to be in and some out. I'm talking about the, the fandom bubble that we inhabit on a daily basis, consuming all this horse shit that they put out. We might have kind of brushed over that and thought, ah, do you know what, we're really hard done by here. We need the fans more than ever day because we, we are the 12th man and all that. But then everybody's had just had enough. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? How on earth have we been affected more than anyone else? I happen to know some fans of other clubs who have been absolutely like kicked about with COVID, right? Who have been relegated for a start and, and so on. There's no point going into that, but people are quite rightly varying between absolutely fuming about that statement from Bill Lowell and just ridiculing it, to be honest. They, yeah. they, they think that, well, rightly or wrongly, they think that we as fans and Celtic as a club are just completely deluded. We live in an ivory tower. We don't know anything about what normal clubs go through. And we're up out there complaining, playing the victim card about COVID, which is on the verge of probably sending some clubs to the wall in the next few months if, if things get any worse. And we are sitting there moaning about our jolly to Dubai getting ruined. It's one of those where, yes, Celtic have been affected in the, the international break uh, back in October. And surely when you, you see that and go, right, okay, we were really affected in the international break. How can we really cut down on not having this affect us again? Don't travel internationally if it's not absolutely essential. And look, Celtic have said, look, the government gave us permission and all that. I, of course, but... And watching the... After his apology, how he trying to justify that, that, that was the bit that enraged me the most. Like, again, tr treating us like idiots. I felt like coming away thinking, he thinks I'm stupid. He thinks I'm yeah, going to yeah. buy this nonsense that Celtic have been more affected than any other club. No, they haven't. They haven't. It's utter nonsense to think that a football team who have won trophy after trophy completely rely on fans being there to win games. It's nonsense. Not just any team. The team with the biggest budget, the team with the highest wage bill, the team with a chief executive who's the third highest paid chief executive in Britain 
sitting there telling me that we're affected more than anybody else. It's utterly shambolic. And I just hate when people just speak to you and think you're stupid. And that's the way I felt after it. He's like, he's treating me like an idiot again. And it's not the first time this season and it won't be the last either. That, um, just as an aside before we move any further, that stat that's been doing the rounds, not, not quite a stat, but the revelation that, I don't know if it's much of a surprise, but to see it actually written down, it's quite jarring just to see Peter Lowell, just how much he gets paid when compared to equivalents in other clubs because Celtic playing Scotland there's no money yeah. here there's absolutely no. no money in this country in terms of football comparatively to England and yet he gets paid more than almost everyone else and we're only talking about the likes of Man City that pay their executives more than Celtic do I think was there not something that Peter Law will get paid more than the, the Liverpool board put together or something mental at that they, they won the Champions League so he gets paid more than the Champions League winning chief exec he gets paid more than Ed Woodward who is similarly unpopular with fans because of his perceived sort of football cluelessness much like Peter Lowell gets as well but Ed Woodward has made deals at Man United that are like record-breaking revenue deals but yet he gets paid less than Peter Lowell does in this tiny backwater of a footballing it's very frustrating we didn't really plan to talk about this kind of thing but that has come to light in the last few hours just because basically all the cockroaches are coming running away for the light here it's obscene the amount Peter Lowell's paid for his job because what's it work out like 57 grand nearly 60 grand a week for a guy in Scotland where yes we've won four trebles in a row but we're an absolute laughing stock right now in Europe we are nowhere near it we have no structure at a club our recruitment is absolutely shambolic and this time next year we've got what four or five top team players who are could leave for nothing if they wanted to that's an unbelievable position for Celtic to be in and I get he can go look I've won four trebles in a row what more do you want we've been saying it for years this isn't just Celtic coming out Celtic fans coming out now and saying oh we haven't really noticed but we're not really well structured here we've been saying this Aye. for years that it's a mess it's now got to the point where Peter Lawwell is blamed for everything and he can't be there anymore because if a new manager comes in and something goes wrong, it's always going to be Peter Lawwell's fault. It's going to be, why aren't we signing these players? Lawwell must be doing this. Did whoever the new manager is sign this player or did Peter Lawwell sign it? And when you look at when the last 10 years, we haven't got it right an awful lot. And I know Peter Lawwell no. will say, hey, we've won the league nine times. We have won four trebles in a row. We just got it wrong one year. Yes, Peter, but see if you go on your holiday for 10 days and you cheat on your bud one night, you've still cheated on her. So you're not going to get away with it and go, but what about the other nine days when I, I didn't <laughs> cheat on you? It doesn't work for that, mate. You've Goodness made an me. absolute mess of it. Sorry, the analogies are flying. <laughs> uh, I don't want it to be baby out with the bathwater stuff here, right, with Peter Law, because you're right to point out that it, his tenure largely has been a success in terms of trophies on the pitch and it has been a commercial success in terms of running the business to this point. But it's, it's maybe it's maybe unfair of me to be like, as soon as the, the House of Cards, as that ghoul Dave King put it not so long ago, yeah, as soon as that falls down, I'm just like, oh, you could pay the what? What me? <laughs> like, I wasn't paying attention to it up until this point, but yeah, that's that's to be, that's kind of natural, I suppose. Um, but the apology was there. It did exist. We had to just digest it in any way we possibly could and try and move on from it, try and keep the heads down and get back on with the season. What little is left to, to play for this season I've been advocating for a while. Just shut up until this is fixed. Just don't, don't say anything. Don't apologise. Don't say anything. No one's allowed to I'm going to, to give him another mention, Stephen. I mentioned the other week there. And again, I'm going to have to come back to the big man. Celtic, you say it best when you say nothing at all. <laughs> Just shut up. Oh, it turns out he has a Tim, by the way. Um, yeah, remember, yeah. we speculated on this previously. I, I wasn't sure. I, I wrongly fingered him as one of these Irish guys that probably supports Liverpool or something like that. But it turns out he's, a Tim. he's been to Celtic. You wrongly <laughs> fingered him? <laughs> fingered Ronan Keating. What an image. Uh, but he has been to Celtic Park with the Scar. I kind of forgot all about that. He's been, he's maybe been overshadowed by Coolio and the likes in recent years, but he has been, he has been on the pitch. Uh, right, apology did happen. We were fine. You know, everyone reacted to it at the time. Rightly or wrongly, we, do, we as I say, we tried to digest it and move on. And then out comes Neil Lennon, swinging, stewing on his own opinions for the better part of 10, 10 days. This is a guy who turned up to his press conference, you know, probably with a fair idea of what he wanted to say. And boy, did he say it, or boy, did they get it off his chest in a spectacular fashion. Now, at the time of recording this, 
Celtic haven't released the press conference. They haven't linked to it in any way. They haven't even acknowledged it, to be perfectly honest, which is telling in itself that, that they maybe are distancing themselves from the content of that press conference because usually they're the first ones to, to tweet about it or you know put it up on their YouTube channel. It's been up to other outlets to bring this to us and we've all seen the clips by now. Um, if you're unaware, then we'll talk about a wee bit about what happened in it. To be honest, we're only going on short clips because, as I say, we've been unable to track down the full thing. I feel like John Brown standing on the steps of Celtic Park now shows the unedited <laughs> press conference. Where is it? Some of the, the standouts from it include doubling down on the Dubai trip, reversing Peter Lawwell's apology. He's saying he doesn't want to apologise to anyone apart from the fans. And even at that, all he's apologising for is basically being caught. He's not apologising for going to Dubai in the first place. He's not apologising for fighting for that trip to happen as he has taken full responsibility for it being his idea. That's something I suggested last week. I found it difficult to believe that Peter Lawwell would be in any way forcing people to go on a trip that costs hundreds of thousands of pounds for the sake of some R&R in the sun. I wondered if it was someone else in the football department that did it. Turns out it's Neil Lennon, so they were probably wrongly turning the, the gun on Peter Lawwell for that. So he is now claiming on the surface of it, ostensibly, that uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone's been a hypocrite about it. He's blaming the government, he's blaming the media, he's blaming Andy Walker. It's a difficult one to try and break down. A lot to unpack, as they might say. There, but what were your initial reactions to what went on this afternoon? Fury. I only seen a 40, 40 second clip and I was furious. Again, just no responsibility taken again. We've done all the protocols, we've done everything right, everybody's against us, it's not Celtic's fault, it's not my fault, I take responsibility but I don't. We'll see if everything was done right. How has an injured player affected somebody from the squad? Because if yeah. everything was done right, then he should be nowhere near ending the squad. The only people that should be affected by this is a physio or somebody he's working with. Again, a player in the squad has contracted this virus from Christopher Julian. So... Where's the breakdown there? Because something's went wrong. Again, just only two of them got it. It was remarkable. Unbelievable again. I know. See, see if he didn't go, the chances are nobody would have got it again. Oh, the Tyrannosaurus ate only two of the players, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It only ate two of the kids and you're all out here mourning a bit. You eat one kid and no one mentions your charity work. It's all you're ever remembered for. But it, it, there, was, there was a number of things in here that were... Um, possibly justified criticisms talking about the government's treatment of this incident now the thing is see even if you do think that the lashing back at the treatment of this from the government is warranted what happened to two or three weeks ago talking about how he doesn't listen to outside noise the, the, the criticism was water off a duck's back up until a couple of weeks ago so why now why now are we hitting out at this criticism because it's his own decision that this, this whole thing was Neil Lennon's decision by the sounds of it only gone by his own words so it's the latest in a long line of decisions by Neil Lennon and Neil Lennon alone, which have cost Celtic massively. And now is the time to start lashing out at criticism for that. See, to be honest, right, I'm going to, going to say up front here that it's difficult to talk about Neil Lennon in an in a objective manner because a lot of people defend him, rightly or wrongly, but they will not hear any criticism of him. And they say he's a legend, he deserves more respect for his managerial record and his record as a player. That's dying out now, but isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think it should though because the two things don't have to, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, they're, they can be separated, right? I can No, I mean people here, defended him, sorry. I mean, Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I can sit here and say that yes, he did all that as a manager, won all these trophies and you know, was a great player and a great team for Celtic, but this is over. This is over and I, I, can, I can say that and I don't think it necessarily detracts from what he's done in the past. His performance this season has been absolutely terrible. Absolutely woeful, and this is just the, the latest final nail. Yeah, woeful. What happened today is his decision has come back to haunt Celtic massively. He's not liked the reaction to it, and he doesn't have the emotional maturity to just take a single shred of responsibility for what's happened here. We said we wanted an apology and for someone to take responsibility for this, and no one has. No one has. The law said it was fine. And Neil Lennon has gone past that and said that everyone who criticised for it has been a hypocrite and you know, it's in absolutely incredible. Not one shred of responsibility taken for what he and the team have served up this season and this is just the latest 
in a woeful stream of decisions that has cost Celtic massively and he's just he's no interested in taking responsibility for it he's doubled down on the thing about you know, Celtic's protocols in inverted commas and I'm doing big Neil Lennon meme <laughs> oh, inverted commas here right because that's going to be the picture of the season I, I said that replacing the, the one of, from last week yeah I said to them on the reaction to it that Jamie and I did after the Dubai stuff all broke that the picture of him and Scott Brown having a pint by the pool was going to be there forever as the monument to the failure of this season but it's probably been replaced already by Neil Lennon doing sarcastic uh, quoting fingers in a press conference he's talking about these being perfect and they were ultra professional but this is only a week after John Kennedy admitted that there were slip ups in the trip which is it are Celtic wrong for going as Peter Lowell said or were they perfect and did nothing wrong as Neil Lennon said or were there slip ups like John Kennedy said or is it none of the above I, I'm honestly bewildered by what is coming out of this amateurish PR department of this club. It's a PR disaster again, and it's just it's just contradictions all over the place again. Neil Lennon coming out firing all cylinders, but I don't know any fans that went. Do you know what? He's he's right there. Or, Do you know what? That's what I want to see coming out and defending the club. Pretty much everybody's just done with him. They're like, why is this guy still here? He's just admitted it was his decision to take players there. A Celtic player has got COVID, now they've got two. We have then dropped four points in the two games after this because of this decision. That is an out. Any other season, that is that is a reason to sack a guy. Add it to the tens and tens of decisions that he's made this season that should see him out of his job. Again, take responsibility, mate. This was on you. And to go and have a go at every single person... It, it was astonishing for me, an astonishing rant. And the thing about the government, yes, maybe the government made mistakes and should have said, look, Celtic, don't go. That is ridiculous. But they did give Celtic permission to go. But again, you don't have to go. And again with Celtic, they've given, they've made themselves an easy target for the government. We know the government will crack down in football at any opportunity they get to sort of deflect from anything that's going wrong. And Celtic have just got this big target, drawn it on themselves and go, here's go, have another one. And it's just, they're going to take it every single time. It's they've no given surprise. the ref a decision to make, is that what you're saying? They've given the government referee a decision to make by drawing attention to themselves. Is that the, the analogy we're drawing here? Exactly, it doesn't even take much. You don't even need to look at it. It was, a, it was a massive mistake. It shouldn't have been done. Yes, you can say we were allowed, we followed everything, but you didn't, obviously, because two players caught COVID. Two players caught it, and we've had, what, 16 people within that bubble all had to isolate. That's a disaster. Don't come out swinging after that, because everybody is furious, and it just, like, I love Neil Lennon, but... I don't want to listen to him anymore. I don't want no, to listen no. to him. Even if he was he's speaking sense in some parts of it, I'm done listening to him. I'm done listening to him because he, he's ruined this season and it's his decisions within that that have got us into this position. Celtic, up till October, were doing okay and then it's just been collapse after collapse. It's been excuse after excuse. It's nobody's fault. It's all everybody's against Celtic, this hidden agenda when... Even though Celtic's own fans aren't buying it anymore, I suppose we should do the the right thing and give him the or give him the the respect of actually quoting him a wee bit on here. I've yeah. got some of it in front of me. So he, he did say that they've only had two positive tests. I think that is remarkable, and I think it totally blows out the water the way the training camp has been portrayed by certain quarters of the media, by certain pundits. I assume referring to Andy Walker, who called it a jolly. And by certain government officials as well. We did not abuse any, quote, privilege. And that's when the, the fingers comes from. We did the right things. We were absolutely, totally professional. Dot, dot, dot. We had a little drink in the afternoon on a day off. Completely allowed. No law breaking. Yet we come back to this barrage of absolute hypocrisy. So that's that's the quote there. But the uh, I was reading in The Athletic a couple of days ago. They, they did a kind of breakdown of all the things that we know were not followed properly in Dubai. And it includes... Not following local restrictions such as you know the mandatory wearing of masks and social distancing. We we know from pictures that that that's not the case. So this idea that things were followed to the absolute perfect letter just isn't true. Now it's up to the 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 viewer, the the listener, the the consumer of that information to decide what they how much they want to let that applied to the letter. But the fact is, Neil Lennon is saying that it was perfect, and it wasn't. We know that 
is not true. Just to, to tidy up what I was saying there about you know, local things, the the UAE's COVID-19 policy states that social distancing and the wearing of masks is mandatory when away from your home. This also applies to visitors staying in hotels when they are not in their room. So that's a thing that they cannot claim they did. We know that is not true. They, they weren't wearing masks by the poolside, they weren't social distancing and all that. So again... It is up to whoever consumes that information to decide how much that they how much stock that they place in it. But what we are expected to believe from Neil Ennis' words that none of that happened. Everything was perfect. They they followed everything to the letter of the law. When we know that is not the case, I can't believe we're sitting here talking about Dubai again a week on from it. I can't believe we're having the debate as to whether it was a justifiable decision to make because of Neil Ennis doubling down on this. I, I honestly I'm incredulous. At, having to talk about the the merits of this trip again something else just a wee small thing on the trip where whether you it was the right right idea or wrong idea to go well yes it's hindsight but it was wrong because two people caught covid so yeah that's it there's no real argument anymore you went there you took a risk and the risk backfired massively it, in fact the risk it couldn't have went any worse because you failed to win two games because of that and uh, undefeated mate undefeated couple of yep, draws against the form disaster. teams in the league. <laughs> so you go into... Celtic went into the game against Rangers knowing they had to win to keep their title hopes up. Now, if we go back to the last time Celtic dropped points before that, we knew we just had to keep winning games, hopefully beat Rangers, and then get into this new year, beat them, and then go on a winning run. Well, the whole point to this trip was to give Celtic an advantage going forward. But when you look at it again... Win your two games before Rangers, okay, done that. See the Rangers game, see after that. See if you beat Rangers and then in the the following week you play Hibs on the Saturday. So say we beat Rangers, right? Then we beat Hibs on the Saturday. Rangers play on the Sunday. Seeing that midweek instead of going to Dubai, we could have played St Mirren, one of our games in hand. I think Aberdeen and Livingston are the other two, but they played, They were meant to play each other during the week there, but it was called off due to the pitch. So that they two were ruled out. So we could have got a game against St Mirren in there. So that would have been Celtic beat Rangers, could have went and beat St Mirren at home. Then they could have beat Hibs at home. Then they could have beat Livingston at home. And Rangers are playing after Celtic on each occasion here. Is it not more likely that you're going to put the pressure on Rangers by doing that? Or even if they had lost the game against Rangers, you get back into winning ways, you beat them, you beat St Mirren, then you beat Hibs. But then they've changed the game so they're playing Hibs after Rangers have played again. It's an absolute monumental fuck-up from Celtic again. And as we've seen at the weekend, it's a catastrophe. It's a disaster. It's a a disaster. Uh, Tommy's been he's been quiet recently, hasn't he? Tommy, Tommy <laughs> Sheridan had a lot to say very recently, but he's gone he's gone to ground on it. We keep getting told about these games in hand, these games in hand. Why not play them as soon as possible <laughs> and get them won and instead of going away and absolutely undoing all the the games in hand now don't matter. They completely just shot themselves in the foot again. This is exactly why I, I I don't care about the games in hand anymore. I can't. Like, there are so many. Celtic haven't done a thing right all season. So so see building up all these ifs and buts and I'll oh, see if we only do this. See if we only do, nothing. None of it's happened. I couldn't care less about these games in hand now because before. Let me make absolutely clear. You're right. You're absolutely right in what you've said there. They could have played some sort of advantage to this and built up a little bit of momentum going into what remains of the season. They could have done that, but didn't. But I feel like we've been talking about these ifs and buts for so long that I'm just past caring now. It's like, it used to be that, oh, we've still got them to play three times. We'll just beat them three times and play our games in hand. Then it became, oh, we'll just beat them twice and then we'll play our games in hand. Oh, we'll just go on a winning run and then we'll beat them twice. It's like that bit in, uh, here's a reference for the kids here, but there's, there's a bit in bottom where they, lo- they, lo- <laughs> they lose the telly and they can't, they're really bored so they're trying to think of games to play and someone suggests pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, we haven't got a donkey. Pin the tail on the chicken. We don't have a tail. Pin the sausage on the chicken. We don't have a pin. Sell a tape of sausage to the chicken. <laughs> and so on until it becomes put a bit of sellotape on the fridge. So that, that our season kind of reminds me of that. Every time we try and, we, we try and solve a problem, the ifs and buts are just so massive that nothing ever comes of it. So I, you're absolutely right. We could have tried to build a wee bit of momentum, but just chose not to. We chose to go to Dubai because... For no other reason that I can see other than this is what's worked before, so we're going to just do it again. I mean, the idea that this is in some way going to salvage the season is kind of absurd to me at this stage, but, you know, that may be total hindsight. 
I wasn't really for the trip in the first place, but to still the reason I'm talking about it just now is because to still be sitting here a couple of weeks on from it and be defending it is yeah. l- nothing short of lunacy to me, to be perfectly honest. And I think everyone is quite rightly riled up about why we're having to decide this. A lot of people are just saying, look, go now. You have to go. You cannot survive this. You're just, you're basically edging up towards the line of bringing the club into disrepute with this performance. And you asked the question earlier, why is he still here? I have absolutely no idea. There is no case to be made for Neil Lennon still being in the managerial position. Is it, and he's, you know, he's baffled once again by any question about him losing his job because what was the quote? Something about we won the treble a month ago and now people are have a bloodlust for my job. If he genuinely believes that, if he genuinely believes that people are calling for him to be sacked for absolutely no reason, then I don't know what to say about that. He, he, he doesn't live on this planet if that's what he thinks that people are just like beside themselves over nothing over a couple of pictures of him having a pint in Dubai as if the season hasn't happened to this point and we're all just getting our knickers in a twist about absolutely nothing that to me is utterly deluded When you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's no self-awareness problem that, wait, wait a minute, you want me sacked? Mate, you're 20-odd points behind Rangers in <laughs> January. You get absolutely scalped in your Europa League group. You've been out the Champions League by not playing a striker. You'd two in the bench. Every decision basically he's made this season. You could go on about the League Cup, you could go on about the Scottish Cup final, how he nearly blew that. We kept him on to get his treble and now he's he's still here. He's still here. What good is it doing? Because we've seen on these two games that another chance for Celtic to get back in it and they went out and blew it because they don't have the personnel and we don't have the players because we made these stupid decisions like we've done all season and now he's got the cheek to sit there and say that there's people out there wanting my job. Mate, the people that want you out your job are mainly Celtic fans. They're mainly yeah. Celtic fans. Like, I don't, I can't remember a manager who was, who would still be in this position anyway. For any Celtic manager to be in his job after everything that's happened, or even one or two of these things, is utter lunacy. For him to still be in it after this as well, it's crazy. I don't see what what good's going to come of keeping him to the end of the season. We've been down this road very recently before as well because we talked about the so-called media backlash against Neil Lennon. So it's once again reared its ugly head, talk about media agendas and all that. So see back when fans had started calling for Neil Lennon's head and everyone was coming out in defence of him, Martin O'Neill, Chris Sutton, John Hartson, 
Tom English was calling us bedwetters and all that. So see, back then, there wasn't a media agenda. And now one person, Andy Walker, sticks his head above the parapet and says, here, this is terrible, by the way. And I don't have any issue with anything Andy Walker said, to be perfectly honest. I, oh, I can't remember the exact state. I, I know. That's, it's the thing Jamie's fond of citing as well. It's the, the, the worst person you know has made a good point or something like that. Right? It's, it's yet another one of those. But because Andy Walker, of all people, has, you know, rightly or wrongly, absolutely lambasted the, the club's performance this season and the Dubai thing. Now all of a sudden it's a media agenda. I, I'm sorry, but that's that's completely, that's very selective and just completely willfully ignoring the context that we've played this season in where the, def the media were bending over backwards to defend Neil Lennon. All his pals were out in force talking about how he was fine, he deserves it, he knows what it takes, he knows what it takes to win a title race. So that's, well, that's what we put up with for months on end when we decided enough was enough. We were all told we were you know, hysterical and bedwetters and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not buying this media agenda stuff either. I know there are legitimate criticisms in there of the media and the government and all that, but I'm not interested in it because it's just criticism. The The fact is the 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 punishments that have been dealt out, if that's how you want to put it, to Celtic have been justified. Neil Lennon's out there saying that it was ludicrous that players had to isolate. Why? Everyone has to do it. Everyone has to isolate if they're in contact with a, a positive test I'd, why is it ludicrous and what if we didn't isolate somebody within the playing squad had the, the virus aye. so we would have so been people, isolating again aye I mean the, the, on, the, on the chat about him losing his job right gives me absolutely no pleasure to be sitting here in no, this absolutely horrible season there's no way we would have been talking about this at the start of the season I actually feel like going back and listening to one of our very early episodes from this season to, to see how mental we were and how positive we were going into this I don't want to be sitting here saying that, but at the same time, this season deserves to reflect how much of a failure it was. So see, there's, there was a WhatsApp rumour doing the rounds. I'm sure many people listening to this will have heard, uh, will have seen it. A lot of people were getting the same message about how, you know, Dermot Desmond's son's coming in, Peel always stepping down at the end of the season, Neil Lennon stepping down after the Livingston game, Eddie Howe's coming in, yada, yada, right? I, I took it all with a massive pinch of salt. All that made me react was, that's not good enough. It's no good enough. I don't want to hear about MD stepping down. People deserve to be sacked for this. And again, like, if I'm, I apologise if you're triggered by hearing Neil Lennon criticism here, but Neil Lennon deserves to be sacked for his performance this season. The, the The story of this season should not be that anyone stepped down. Tony Mowbray didn't step down. John Barnes didn't step down. And I know, right, okay, this is worse. trebles and all, yeah, trebles and all that before, right? I, I accept that, but this is so passed over for Neil Lennon. It is unbelievable. That this season should correctly reflect what happened and say all this chat about stepping down and all that why, why are you stepping down should have been sacked months ago and uh, as I say I'm just I'm screaming into the into the void now about it but there is absolutely no reason for this to continue and what we said a couple of weeks ago is that heads should roll for the performance this season it's still not happened and I don't want to hear anything about anyone being able to step down no and again it's not as if we're just going you need to go now. It's only because we were told, look, we'll review this in January and we've had <laughs> another massive, massive setback and losing to Rangers, dropping points in two games and the Dubai thing. We've not won a game this year. So if we're just going on January alone for a review, he should lose his job in the fact that he hasn't won a game yet, never mind add everything else in. And Celtic are in a very dangerous position right now because there's so much apathy within the fans. How many people have you said saying can't be bothered watching the game or not going to watch the game or nah, loads, yeah. I'm I'm done with Neil Lennon if he's still in charge next season, I'm not renewing. I'm done with Peter Lawl if he's still on the board, I'm not giving him another penny. Celtic are going into next season going into renewals of season tickets with people unsure whether they're going to renew or not, that is very, very dangerous, especially in the right now, the here and now when we don't know if we'll be back in the stadiums next year. So people will asking to yeah. shell out £600-odd, £500, £600. If you've got a couple of tickets in your household or kids, best part of over a grand and you're going to be saying, well, the chief executive who completely failed in everything this year might still be there and the manager might still be there. That is very dangerous for Celtic because see, once you stop paying that season ticket money, it's very hard to justify paying it again. It's very hard to justify buying strips and all that because it costs a fortune to support a football team, an absolute fortune. And Celtic TV as well. We're all right in this country, but people abroad pay a lot more than we do for Celtic TV. I'm, I'm times to watch it. Aye, aye, three o'clock in the morning to watch games and all that and pay through the nose for it. So they need to watch that as well. 
it's difficult enough supporting a football team in the in this coronavirus where we, we can't watch the games but for then the club to come out and treat you like an idiot and say oh no we're being mistreated here it's everybody's against us and all that people have seen right through it and Celtic are going to have to be very very careful because I'm tr- struggling to think of a club and look I'm guilty of it too that what other club do you see when things go wrong do the assistant manager get the blame or does the guy on the sideline with his laptop get the blame? It doesn't happen, but this no. happens at Celtic because it's all Neil Lennon, these guys were given to him, or John Collins was given to Ronnie Dyler. John Kennedy at the time was the defensive coach because Ronnie Dyler didn't pick him. This has to stop, or under Brendan Rodgers, when his Rodgers didn't sign that guy, Peter Law signed it. This has to stop. A director of football has to come in, or whatever, sporting director, director of football, whatever you want to call it, and be the person that does the football inside, the chief executive does the chief executive bits, and the manager does the management bits, where he picks his staff, he picks his coaching team. Celtic are all over the place, and it's not going to stop. It can't be Neil Lennon loses his job here, and everything goes rosy, and it's all good again. Because the two of them need to go. There needs to be change on both counts, whether it's Law completely stepping down, which I think he should, or moving upstairs. But I'd, even if he does move upstairs, I don't think he'd be able to handle not having his hand in the, the football inside. So Celtic fans are completely done with him. The majority are done with him. So where do we go from here? Because if they stay, you're going to lose a lot of fans' money. And that is that is very scary. Yeah. And we're obviously careful. We don't want to say we don't want to speak for anyone because we know a lot of people no. will renew regardless, and that's absolutely fine. I, I certainly I haven't made any. I yeah, I, I, I haven't made any like, decision that I'm, oh, I'm, not, I'm not giving them my money. That, that that isn't coming from from me at all. We're just observing a lot of what we see, and all we can really. Go I don't on blame is, anybody either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame anyone either way. I don't blame anyone for just renewing regardless because that's that's the thing. That's their life. They want to keep their ticket. Or I don't believe uh, I don't blame rather anyone for just going. What am I actually paying for here? Sometimes like that six hundred or whatever odd quid would be better in my pocket, or better going towards my mortgage or something, right? Because I'm not sitting in the house watching a stream next season with this pish and being treated like that. So I don't blame anyone either way. We're just kind of making observations on what we see on social media, and a lot of people might say, "I but it's only Twitter." But so we've got to go on. But there isn't any really any fan any way to gauge fan reaction at the moment, other than that. So it's kind of all we've got. This season, it has gone so toxic now that I, I'm starting to get like third season Mourinho vibes off it. And that oh, the I kill for that. I <laughs> but the the benefit to having a guy like that has long passed, and now he's just taking everything down, run about him, and it's just it's poisoned the entire club, and it's gotten so toxic that they have to take that step. Like that Chelsea had to do it with him as well, and he's a club legend there. They had to just get rid of him. I'm not calling Neil Lennon Jose Mourinho. I'm just saying the club feels like that just now. It just feels like it's been it's been gradually poisoned, like from the roots up now. And something has to stop. Something they have to do something. There is no sense whatsoever in just muddling on for the rest of the season in this weird pretense that oh we don't sack managers. You know someone will step down or we'll move them or pish. Who's that for? It's nothing to be proud of. It's even worse to just muddle on as I said to the end of the season and tank everything in order to save face no we didn't get it wrong you know, he was the guy he was the man then he was the man in the summer and he's the man now just I mean I know I'm ranting I know I'm just shooting off the top of the head and all that now but that's what this has made me do you're right because as I was just saying like, everybody's going down with him again like Gavin Strachan from what I've heard is the best coach at Celtic I, I like been, Gavin Strachan he's been yeah. made to out made to be as a joke figure because he's sitting on a laptop and the, the guy beside him doesn't have a clue what he's doing it's it's unfortunate John Kennedy as well Brendan Rodgers rated that guy highly and he's been taken down on this shit with Lennon and when Peter Law came out with his his apology then his justification for it at the end he was asking for unity and we're all together in this with the players the management and all that well after the game on Saturday Cal McGregor came out and was interviewed on Celtic TV and said he didn't understand the build-up. So see, at that point, that's when it all goes for me, Peter, because your players aren't unified under the management because, yes, Gavin Strachan was on the sideline, but Neil Lennon was the manager for that. We know he was on the, the hotline, as Peter Martin called it, and we know he was taking... He picked a team and picked the substitutions and all that. You'd expect that if I a manager who isn't there. Yeah. So if the players aren't behind the manager anymore... 
there's absolutely no justification for no, keeping the no. guy because he's been there and done it, all that, all that nonsense. You've all came out and said, no matter how bad it's got, everybody's together, we're all behind us, we're all still fighting. That was a player calling out his management team for me. And it's not the first time this season Cal McGregor has said after the Sparta Prague game that we're all over the place, we're far too open. What is going on here? Why Why is our captain of the team right now having to come out and say this and not be scared to say it? What What do we need to do to get changed here? We did our, our usual live preview show before the Livingston game and we talked a wee bit about that. We said that the one positive out of this was that Cal McGregor looks really good talking in the media and I don't mean what he looks like, I just mean he comes across very well talking in the media because, yes, he is forced into an unenviable position having to talk about all this but see when Callum McGregor speaks I believe him I believe what he's saying it's not just it's not just party line pish yes he will still stick to the fact that Celtic can win the league right because they've all kind of got to do that he's not going to go there and make a headline for himself but he's honest he, he seems to be he's hashtag as real as it gets Callum McGregor when he's talking to the media and I admire that in him and people still seem to underappreciate Callum McGregor I don't get it myself is he had the perfect season absolutely not but who has in this absolute shit show under the, the current management so I'm not going to blame him for that but he's been he's been good this season and the way he talks in the media it's not just crap it's not just Scott Brown sitting there talking about how oh, we're allowed some downtime it's not Neil Lennon coming out and chucking the toys out the pram because his decision has cost the club and he won't take responsibility for it he's just calm and measured and he admits that this is very very difficult He's probably not going to win the league, but you know you can see it in his face how frustrated he is with what's going on just now and the way the team are playing. And you're right, it's not the first time this season he has called into question how they set up and how they actually play the game. I think he, he actually said we didn't understand the game, which is yeah. you know, an, an incredible thing to be to be saying. People will blame him for it, but I think that we can all read between the lines there and see what he's getting at. <laughs> which takes us delightfully on to the Livingston game itself. We stopped their winning run, mate. It's a great result. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I've heard it described as enthralling and engrossing encounter and all that, but I mean, I, I'm sure it might have been for the neutral because I, cause, but to me it was like a nothing. It was like, it was like sticking on Radio 4 or something like that. It was just kind of on the background and I wasn't really paying attention to it. I, I was, I mean, for the purposes of doing the podcast I was watching it but it just totally washed over me I thought Livingston were pretty good and I thought Celtic were just you know kind of limp and panicky in defence and really kind of lucky to get out of it with a nothing each draw to be honest creditable clean sheet I suppose there is that there is the positive of that but the performance itself how do you even go about contextualising it how do you frame a performance like that given the team that was on the pitch Again, but it was just a carbon copy of the Hibs game. A pretty disastrous start where we looked, like, I was like, oh dear, we could be in for one tonight. We sort of got into the game, but didn't create anything. And then then again, like, it was the exact same. We, we switched up from the 4-4-2 diamond to a, a 4-3-3, but with Tom Rogic up front, the whole problem in the Hibs game was Mikey Johnson, Cameron Harper up front, and neither of them are strikers. So there was no penetrating runs, much like the Ferenc-Varos game. There was no striker there. There was no focal point. There was nobody making any runs that create space. And it was easy for Livingston to defend. If you're looking at Livingston, they're a sort of team that love defending. They make things difficult for teams and they try and press them and push teams up. We had nobody making runs in behind them. So the defence can just push up and push up and push up and squeeze the game. We made it so easy for them. It was unbelievable. And I know we didn't have the personnel and all that, but Tom Rogic, again... If he's not going to be there to come in at times like this, what is the point in him being there? There's apathy within the fans, and I've already spoke about, but there's apathy within this squad. Guys like Rogic, Ralston, even though I love him, <laughs> Beton, Griffiths, all guys whose best days are long behind them, but they're still at Celtic because they've nothing else to do. They've nowhere else to go. They're not going to go any higher, and they're just hanging around. And all the senior players, again, none of them turned up. See the senior players aspect of it, right? There was a few people still out there fighting the war, even though they know it's even if they they don't know it's over, they're still they're still fighting the good fight out there. Saying how can you blame how can you blame Neil Lennon for this because he wasn't there? I mean, for a start, that's not true because he's still in contact with the management team that are there and picking the team. But to me, that looked like Neil Lennon's fingerprints were all over it because you mentioned the senior players. Shane Duffy and near Beaton at the back for no reason other than the fact that I just got all the boys in all the, all the guys get all the, the hardcore into the team at the expense of Stephen Welsh who far be it from us to actually try and develop a young player let's get him out and stick 
these two failing centre halves in for absolutely no reason other than the fact they're quote experienced and you know they're the boys they're the boys that have got us here so keep playing them Tom Rogic up front is another one because we started this season with Ryan Christie up front in a European qualifier and what we said at the time was that a striker in that position any striker at all will at least take up the positions that a natural striker would and open space up even if it's Klamala who's not even that good he would open space up a wee bit he would occupy defenders he would give them something to think about Fast forwards a number of months, zero learn from it. We get Tom Rogic up front from it, who's maybe the least suited to a central striking role guy in the squad. But he's one of the guys, he's one of the boys, isn't he? He's one of the, one of the hardcore, one of the buddies. <laughs> I sound so snide on this podcast, but I'm, I'm pissed off. Right? But there must be someone there. And we had Oakleflex and Cameron Harper on the bench. We could debate the merits of sticking them into a central striking role, but I would bet... Dollars to donuts, whatever that means, that they would have done a better job than Tom Rogic as a, a central striker. I'm feeling that there must be an 18, 19 year old kicking about the squad somewhere who could have just filled in and made a few runs. They may have created a wee bit of space. They may have dragged some defenders out of position. Something other than just sticking a known quantity up front in the wrong position. That must have been something. So to me, that team absolutely screamed Neil Lennon all over it, absolutely all over it. So I don't want to hear about how, oh, he wasn't there, you can't blame him for it. Yeah, you're right, it did scream Neil Lennon for me and the reason I think that as well is with all the young players, well, none of them started. Andy Ralston yeah. came in from the call, but he's previously been a first-team player, Frimpong, first-team player, Rogic, Mikey Johnson has been injured, first-team player, the midfield three was fine and the rest of the back line was one that's been there all season so there was no player even the goalkeeper I think he's 22 or something so there's only yeah. Frimpong that's under the age of was it 21 years old so you can't have that these are all players who have played numerous times for Celtic ah, you move, move Frimpong to, back to right back instead of the right wing that is something resembling a first choice back four with the exception of Ayer that's basically the, the first choice back four so I can't really blame that and again just talking about developing players Ross Duhan and Scott Robertson out on loan, doing pretty well for their respective clubs. We bring them back, and how many minutes of action do they see? Not one minute between Zero. them. Yeah, unbelievable. What what was the point in bringing Scott Robertson back? I couldn't believe it when my mate said he was on the bench because it just sort of passed me by. The guy was doing well down at Gillingham, playing every week, and we've taken him back because we're short on players. We had Ewan Henderson on the bench. We didn't need another centre midfielder. I've already previously said I thought Livingston were quite good that they kind of yeah. took the game to Celtic in the opening exchanges. Celtic looked absolutely terrible in the first half, to be honest, at least the, the first half an hour. Shane Duffy, bored of talking about it now, to be honest, but once again, bad things happen when Shane Duffy takes to the field and he was woeful again. Laxalt was not much better. Again, we're, we're talking about the most senior players in the squad. Numerous international caps between them, all that stuff. The two worst players in the park, Shane Duffy and, and Laxalt, just punting the ball, left it, just punting the ball everywhere. Near beat on as well, getting out jumped by a five foot ten boy <laughs> up front. Aye, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's difficult to, to talk about this game much because there weren't many chances in the game. Frimpong had a go from the kind of inside right channel, maybe should have cut it back. Had a go. Wrong decision right again. Again, yeah, no decision uh, making, the, 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 rather the wrong decision making once again. Livingston hit the bar. Uh, at one point so I thought Livingston you know credit to them for going to a, a difficult place to go once upon a time and, and getting a draw but I think this is now about eight times Celtic have played them since they came back into the top flight seven or eight times only beaten them three times there's been loads of draws in there and of course they've never, beat us at Celtic. they've never beat us at Celtic Park but is it not a bit of a missed opportunity for Livingston and Hibs as well like, Aye, yeah. that was a chance <laughs> to really go and take games to Celtic and I don't think either of them did I think looking at those games and looking at especially the Hibs one like they should have went out and beat Celtic quite handily and with the yeah, run yeah. Livingston were on yeah they did well but I expected a bit better they didn't really create anything either I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity for these teams if, if I'm being honest that yeah, Celtic yeah. Celtic I just think they're overawed by the fact that it's Celtic but I'd have been going right at the throat of Celtic because that defence is shambolic we were never going to sit in and again it was just Celtic just basically turned around to David Turnbull and like going to do something spectacular mate and get us out of this and unfortunately he couldn't do it that's the usual isn't it it's hoping the, the good players the technical players the, or the technicians rather will bail us out of out a hole and it's it, I, I'm not just reacting to this I'm not being reactionary because we were saying this ages ago we were saying this in the time where Celtic were on a winning run because time and again we were relied, relying on 
spectacular goals or moments of individual brilliance to get us out of a jam. Like early, much earlier up. this season. Yeah, I much earlier this season we were talking about how eventually this might run out at some point. Boy, did it months ago. So, so I can't really be accused of just reacting to what I've seen with with no context because that's we all saw it coming. Um, it, we are actually quite lucky. You make a good point about Hibs that we're probably quite lucky this season in that nobody's got enough about them to actually challenge Celtic for a second because we could be in a race there as well. Aberdeen keep losing, they get gubbed off Ross County the weekend there. Hibs, very, very shaky form as well. So we're kind of fortunate in a way that Celtic are probably going to be unchallenged for the second spot for the rest of the season, or it could have been even worse. But, you know, small mercies and all every cloud. There's going to be a big change at Celtic this summer regardless, but guys like Tom Rogic, these two games, you might feel I'm being a bit harsh on them, but... These are the games where we needed that guy to step up and he had to be subbed off in both because his performances were so pitiful. He wasn't even fit enough to last 90 minutes. And I know that's been a, accused of Tom Rogic a lot of times, but having to be subbed off for guys that don't even deserve to be on the pitch because you are playing so bad is unbelievable. Shane Duffy just making basic errors, just being rash. And I know he's had a tough time. He lost his dad, speaking from... Moan experience has a massive effect on you, but even the basics are going wrong. Near beat on, not showing up again, not taking any responsibility. Cal McGregor could have been better as well, and just relying on Sorrow and Turnbull just to dig us out a hole, despite the fact they've only played, what, 10 games for Celtic mm, each. Aye. It's unacceptable. And Mikey Johnson out for 10 months, you need to go and win us this game, mate. It's just unbelievable we've got ourselves in this jam. And again, just after it on Sunday, Rangers dropping points. Celtic could have been so much closer, even if they hadn't beat Rangers, if they'd have won these two games and played a game in hand, that is a massive step towards cutting down this these, this point gap. And again, Stephen, we're in January right now, and there's not a single rumour about Celtic buying a player. So no. are you backing the manager or are you not? Is he no, going no. or is he staying? Because see if he's staying and you don't, you're not conceding this title, why are you not backing him? Why are you not even bringing in any players? And I know rumours don't make, make signings, but... There's absolutely nothing. There's never been a window where Celtic have been linked with so little players. It's a tough one for Celtic. I'm the same as you. There's no point keeping this guy here. He's not getting the results. He's made an absolute mess of Europe. He's made a mess of the Cup. He's made a mess of the league. And now we've got players coming out and questioning him. From my point of view, that's what I thought Cal McGregor was doing. So there's no justification for keeping Just give it to Strachan and Kennedy. Just give it to them Aye, yeah. and see how they do. It's not going to get any better with Lennon because he's had how many games? What have we won? Six and 20? I think it's eight if you include the, the cup final, which is technically a draw. So eight and 21, I think it is the one. Right, so eight and 21. So Celtic play, what, 38 league games? So if we did that, Celtic would win, what, 16 out of 38? That's not even going to get you into second place. Never mind. No. Title challenge? No. Nah, there's no justification for it. The footballing side of things has been an absolute disaster this season. The PR side of things, which Lennon is only partly to blame for, but in this latest fiasco he is entirely to blame for. There's nothing keeping him there. There's absolutely nothing other than just clinging on to past glories. That this see this club, Celtic right there, with what we've seen this season. We're just blaming losing the 10 on COVID and the media and the government and all that, right? But what has really happened is that Celtic have clung on to past glories for far too long, clinging on to Neil Lennon in the vain hope that he'll turn this around, playing a clearly finished 35-year-old midfielder for the first half of the season, even though his performance levels were poor, clinging on to past glories. This The club is obsessed with history but refuses to learn from it, never learns from it at all, and just keeps plodding on. We've done exactly what Rangers did when they were trying to go for 10 in a row. Just ignored it. We just thought, oh, we're Celtic, we'll be fine. And these guys deserve this. You know, they're the hardcore. Scott Brown deserves. Neil Lennon deserves to win his own treble and all that. And look at the absolute mess. End it now. Look at the... When we look at the teams that have sort of been involved with Celtic, Motherwell took a point off Rangers, recently changed their manager. Celtic are only in second place because Aberdeen keep dropping points. They were beaten at the weekend by Ross County, who recently changed their manager and having an upturn in form. And even Livingston, who's drew with Celtic at the weekend, got rid of their manager and went on a winning run that they haven't ever done in their history before. 
Where, why is it know. difficult for Celtic to do this? It's not as if there was massive changes and they went out and got superstar managers. They just went out and get better guys for the job at the time and it worked out for them. Shock horror. This is the worst podcast we've ever done, Melly. I hate this. I hate every single <laughs> minute I'm sitting and ranting about this stuff. Again, just to reiterate, it gives me absolutely no pleasure. This, no, there's a lot horrible, of people, there's people out there blaming the podcasts for, for what Celtic are doing this season, right? Fair enough. If that's your point of view, then you absolutely stick to it. You're entitled to that. But if you what think you're that, saying, or somebody will offer you a square go at McDonald's, <laughs> but if you think that we're sitting here after. Five and a half years. This is our sixth season. If you think we've just suddenly decided to turn up and be negative about Celtic, bollocks to it. Do you know what I mean? We're absolute bollocks. We have been unrelentingly positive for ages, and we only have to call it as we see it, to be honest. So anyone out there blaming fan media and all that, it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, take take the blinkers off for a second, just take a look about you. But I'm I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this episode at, at all because no. of what we've been talking about. I don't feel particularly good about going being so so kind of snidey about about things. That's what it feels like coming out of my mouth. But again, I'm I'm just done with it. I'm just absolutely at the end of my rope talking about this stuff they're talking about Dubai again after two weeks because Neil Lennon has dragged it back into the media it's just absolutely infuriating that's the bad news Melly we've <laughs> <laughs> got some good news an oasis in the desert of this season arrived on our desks uh, very recently when hugely popular magazine 442 approached us uh, with an idea they, they were doing their top 25 players in Scotland of the last well since 1975 since it became a Premier League and did they not ask your boys here to make the case for a certain super Swede to be number one? Yeah, that, that's right. 442 have published our patter in their latest issue. Um, they've cut all the stuff I said about Chris Boyd for some reason. <laughs> a bit annoyed about that. <laughs> all, the, all the digs I was getting about Nacho Novo in there. But yeah, absolutely delighted to be asked to make the case for uh, Henrik Larson to be number one, which he quite rightly claimed. I have to say here, we are not in any way responsible for the rest of the list, which is highly questionable. But Henrik Larsson won out, which is all that matters in the end. You're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> we got some bad news and some irrelevant news. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was just a joy to get to sit down and type up some stuff about Henrik Larsson to oh, take my mind off what's awesome. been going on. So I, I jumped at that with, jump, jumped at it with both hands. That doesn't make sense. But that's exactly what I did. So thank you to 442, a magazine I've been reading most of my adult life, actually, I've, I've bought many an issue. Yeah, you're still a dog, so. aren't you? <laughs> so, so, uh, so thanks for thanks to 442 for approaching us to do that, to get us to talk about Henrik Larson of all things. Right, on that note, we should bring this foul jamboree to a close. It has been an absolute slog tonight, I'm sure we can all agree. But we'll end it on a wee, a wee competition that we've been running to win a 20-minute Tim's gold badge. All you have to do to enter is to... Send us a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict if you're an Android user. Uh, just give us a wee a couple of funny sentences, try and catch our, our attention, and we'll send you a gold badge for our favourite one. The winner this week, Jay Boswell 67 This podcast got me through my flight home from Dubai, sat beside a French guy with his leg in a cast and two drunk guys called Scott and Neil belittling a poor air stewardess for having no more Southern Comfort miniatures. <laughs> So I'll ping you a wee DM, you're the winner this week, I'll send you your, your gold badge, thanks for that. If you want to enter next week, you already know what to do, send us in a wee five-star review. And before we go, just a wee plug for our Patreon service, which is a lot of good stuff coming up this week. The Keep the Heat guys are back this week, Melly, so everyone will be much looking needed. forward to that. Yeah, definitely much needed. If uh, you would like to support the production of these podcasts, as well as gain access to loads more content videos podcasts writing there's nearly 400 podcasts on there Melly crazy crazy to pass that up you can get involved at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims for more information and that's about it for this this week say goodbye Melly goodbye Melly <laughs> and it's goodbye for me we'll see you next week the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.